0: We'll try this out. This may work, this may not work. These are notes. This helps Scotty stay on track. Can you help me stay on track? Okay, good job. All right guys, real quick, before we get started this morning, um, I know many of you were devastated by what you saw yesterday as I was as well. Um, I know I got many phone calls um, from many of you wondering how is it that we can help. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm specifically talking about Mayfield, Kentucky. Mayfield, Kentucky is in western Kentucky, and it was devastated by a tornado of who knows what magnitude yet, but it was obviously strong. For those of you who were young enough to remember me as youth pastor, some of you went with me to a place called Crossings at Jonathan Creek. Mayfield, Kentucky is right next through crossings at Jonathan Creek. I'm gonna be in contact with Jonathan Creek this week because if they do what they've done in the past, there's a good chance that Jonathan Creek is gonna be opening up their facilities to house a lot of these individuals. But at the same time, um, Finance Committee's probably gonna kill me. They'll be all right. Over the last couple of months, I've been amazed at how loving and generous this congregation has been y'all were so loving and generous that we met what we anticipated for our budget in october so that means everything that we've been taking up since sometime in october has been above what we have projected to take y'all are an extremely generous group of people and i can't thank you enough for that So next week, we're going to show love. We're going to show love in a different way. And next week, I'm asking our finance committee in front of y'all. Yeah, it's better to ask for permission sometimes than forgiveness. Sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Next week, we will be finding, or this week, I will be working hard to find one of our agencies that we work close with, whether it be Kentucky Baptist Convention or even Jonathan Creek, about how we can financially help. What I am asking as a congregation is next week that every bit of our offering go to the people in Kentucky through one of these organizations. This is a way that we can show love to them in a time when they need love the most. Like I said, we have been financially blessed in an amazing way. So next week, let's financially bless these people in an amazing way. Next week, I'm asking you to come ready to give and to give generously. These are people who've lost everything. These are people who have lost their homes. Think about this. So many people were ready for Christmas and all that's gone. So many people were ready for um, family outings and get-togethers. All that's gone. Put yourself in that place for a minute. Now put yourself in the place of receiving a gift from somebody that you didn't expect. Next week, that's what I'm asking us to do. Next week, I'm asking us to come together as a church. And again, we will find an organization that will make sure that this money is spent well. This, this money will be spent towards helping these people who are in most need. So next week, I'm asking you, come ready to give. Come ready to show love in an amazing way. Today, we're gonna to be talking about the gift of love. The gift of love are you good? Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> the gift of love is an amazing thing. And I, and I mean what I said. I think the closest thing to God's love comes from someone like this. The innocence that this child holds sees no wrong in people. The innocence that this child holds sees no difference in people. The innocence that this child holds shows an unconditional love that as we get older, sometimes we just lose. Love's one of those things that's hard to understand, isn't it? And I think one of the hardest things for us to understand is not how do we love, but how can someone love us? Anybody else ever struggle with that? How can a holy, righteous God love me, as many songs have said, just as I am? How can God love me without seeing all the filthiness and all the ugliness in me? Well, in the Scripture today, we'll find out not only how God can love us that much, but also we'll find an answer to another question that many of us struggle with and that's how do I know that I am truly God's? So follow along with me in 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through through 17. 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 says this. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in Him And he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and have believed the love of God has for the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in the love of God, uh, abides in love, abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected. It's perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also we in this world. Let's pray. Father, this morning my heart is heavy for many situations going on around the world. Specifically the situation going on in Kentucky. Father, I can only imagine what these people are going through. The loss that they must feel. The weight that they must feel. And Father, I just ask that you would, during this time, just like you told us in Philippians, that you would give these people a peace that goes beyond anything that they can understand. Father, I know that there's many who've lost their homes who have big questions. How is it that a loving God could allow this to happen? And Father, this is an opportunity for your church to show the love of God in a realistic way. So Father, I just pray that you would help us to show the love that you've so richly shown us. Father, this morning I lift Clift up to you who's actually getting ready to preach in Kentucky as we speak. I pray that you would equip him and give him the words to minister to that congregation. As I know, many in their state are trying to figure out what to do next. Father, I think it's so awesome how you place things, how you've done things. And I know, Lord, it's all by your divine providence. So, Father, this morning, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. What your word has for us this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sweetie. Can you go sit with Jennifer? All right. Love you. Naomi, she's coming to you. My word. Let me get my feeling back in my arm. So, what is love? Love is one of those crazy things, like I said, that it's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to explain. But one thing that we can find out from this scripture is a little bit about what love is. Love is more than just a feeling. Because love is eternal. Feelings, feelings cannot be controlled. Feelings can be altered. Feelings can be determined by the situations that are going on around you. But love is much more than that. Love cannot be controlled. Husbands, can you stop loving your wife? Now, I'm gonna be very careful in asking this next portion. Wives, I know there's times that they're not so lovable, But wives, can you honestly stop loving your husband? Moms, can you stop loving your children? Children, can you stop loving your parents? See, over the years, we've come up with these concepts about love that are completely untrue. You hear about falling in love. Yes, love is something that we fall into, but it's not something that we control. But then with falling in love, we also hear this concept of falling out of love. And I've got questions. I've got serious questions. Because what we're about to see here is that love is from God. And love is eternal. So if it is really love, can you stop doing it? Think about that for a minute. If it is really love, can you stop doing it? I can't for anything in me stop loving my wife. I can't for anything in me stop loving my kids. And when it comes to a human perspective, a lot of times I think we confuse another word for love. And it's another word that starts with an L. And it's another word that has a lot of feelings that may be similar to love. But it's a counterfeit of what love really is. That word is lust." It's easy to have lust for something or someone and to lose that lust. For a long time, we were talking about it the other day, I had a lust for skeet shooting. I honestly liked doing it. It's a very addictive. How many of y'all have done skeet shooting before? It is the most addictive thing I have ever done before in my life. It beats drugs hands down. And I'm gonna tell you something. You know what I found out about skeet shooting? Skeet shooting cost me just as much money as drugs did. (laughs) It really did. At first it started off as sweet and innocent. Oh, a bunch of guys are gonna get together, we're gonna go get some shotgun shells, and we're gonna go shoot stuff. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Well, the more you do it, the more you realize, you know what? I need a better gun. I need a bigger gun. So you go out and you buy these $2,000 guns that professional skeet shooters um, use and you realize that it's not the gun that makes them so good. You know what I'm talking about? You realize real quick that it is not the gun that makes you so good. It is the ability. And then you start buying these shells. And The thing about shells is, you know, you can buy the cheap shells and they are good, or you can buy the expensive shells. Because the expensive shells, they don't really kick much. You can shoot longer. And honestly, they throw a very good pattern. Well, what started off as an innocent day at the skeet range turns into $4,000 later. And you know what I realized? I didn't love it as much as I thought I did. I didn't love it as much as I thought I did. What was true about it was it was not love, it was lust. It was a thing that I used to feel a desire in me. It was something that I used to make me feel good about myself. It was something that I used to escape. And what I realized was, is my love for skeet shooting was not love at all. It was simply lust. Lust is one of those counterfeits. It's one of those counterfeits that can get us all. And in today's time, lust is all over any TV that you may turn on. Lust changes, and it changes often. Lust is controllable, lust is also external, where love is internal. When we think about love, a lot of times we confuse lust with it. We think by what we see and not by what we know. And that's what brings us into a lot of problems in our life. So let's look at some of these attributes that it says about God. It says first there, excuse me, where's my water? It says first there verse seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is from where from God, love came from God. It wasn't made up anywhere else. It's not a passion. It's not a desire. Love is probably one of the unspoken gifts that is given to us. It was given to us in an amazing way that he sent his son to take on the sin debt that we have. It also says that God demonstrated this by sending this. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about God's love for us. By sending his son, what was he doing? He was pursuing us. Now, man, we don't get this as much. We don't understand this whole passion of being pursued, but your wife does. Your wife understands this passion, or your girlfriend understands this passion of being pursued. Women want to be pursued. Ladies, help me out with this. Why do you want to be pursued? Why do you want to be pursued? Hmm? Because you feel loved, but you also feel valued. You feel valued. That's why whenever I do marriage counseling, I tell people all the time, date your wife. Date your wife. Dating doesn't stop when you say I do. If it stops when you say I do, she will say I don't. And she will say it real quick. This desire to be pursued is in a woman, but honestly, it's in a man too. We just don't see it as pursuing. What we see it more as, as they want to be with us. You know, I really didn't understand this until I got kids. And you know, I want to be with my kids, but they don't always want to be with me. You know what I'm talking about? Parents, y'all feel me on this? You ever feel like they want to be at Grammys or Nannies or Poppies or g pauls or Nanas more than they want to be at home? And y'all ever feel like that? Huh? Or out with friends. I forgot about that. When they turn 16, it's something totally different. And now I have this desire to want to be with my kids. And they have this desire not to want to be with me. This wrecks me. But God sent his son to chase us, to pursue us, to show that he wanted to be with us. The name Emmanuel is very significant in this. Because in the Hebrew, the name Emmanuel means God with us. Don't you think about that for a minute? God loves you so much that he desires to be with you. And not only does he desire to be with you, he continually proves his love to us by this one little thing, this thing that he gives us, this thing that we minimize a lot of time. He give us his spirit. His spirit is his proof of his love for us. When you love somebody, you want to be with them. I enjoy being with my wife. I can be at Walmart and enjoy being with my wife. That's the significant, guys. I mean, y'all don't understand that. I can be at Ingalls and enjoy being with my wife. I can be in the same room with my wife and we're not sending another word, a word to each other. And you know what? I enjoy being with my wife. When you love something, you want to be with it. You desire to be with it. You'll move mountains. You'll move schedules. You'll do whatever you've got to to be with whatever it is or whoever it is that you love. And this is what God did for you. And he showed you this by allowing his spirit to indwell in you. Think about that for a minute. With all those things, and that's just verses 7 through 14 there. Or 7 through 13. With all those things, how is, it that we can, how is it that we can really say, how is it that can God can love us? Has he not proved it to us? Has he not proved it to us multiple times? Did he allow you to wake up this morning? You know why he allowed you to wake up this morning? He desires to be with you. He desires to be with you. He doesn't lust for us. He has love for us. And great is that love he has for us. When it comes to that question, how is it that God can truly love us? I think the breakdown comes from our constant attempt to gauge God's love for us by our actions or who we are. We talked about this last week, guys, with grace. God proved that he loved us. And he showed us his love was not controlled by our do's or our don'ts. His love is a gift that is extended to us and it's always been extended to us. From the foundations of the earth God set it in his mind to send his son to die as a perpetuation for our sins. So is there really a question of how much God loves us? No. There's no question to it whatsoever. He's made it clear from beginning to end. His love for us knows no bound. From beginning to end, His love can't be controlled. And from beginning to end, and some of you need to hear this right now. He won't stop loving you. He will not stop loving you. He loved you just as you were. He loves you just as you is. And He loves you just as you're going to be. But love is something that demands a response. It demands a response. So what is that response? That response is the declaration. Our declaration of love to him. In verse 14, it goes into this declaration. And I want you to look at it with me real quick. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the savior of the world. We needed a savior, correct? We needed somebody to save us. Not to save us from situations. We needed a savior to save us truthfully from ourselves. Our situations aren't what got us in trouble. We are what got us in trouble. And we needed a savior because we were in a self-destruct mode that was gonna leave us in other ruins. Love reached in when we couldn't reach out. Jesus reached into us when we couldn't reach out. And you know the thing about love? Love is never truly meaningful unless it's received. How many of you have been in a situation to where you may be trying to reconcile a relationship? You may be trying to do damage control in a family. You may be trying to make amends for something that you do. You reach in, but no one reaches out. You ever been in that situation? How hard is that? How hard is that when you are putting yourself on the line? You're showing love to someone. You extend yourself. But there's no reciprocation. And then I have to think sometimes I did this a lot to God. He reached out his hand to me in love. And there's some times that I didn't reach out. He goes on to say about our testimony. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he abides in us. God, like I said from the beginning, he has a desire, a strong desire to be with us. And I know some of you are saying, how do I know that God has a strong desire to be uh, to be with us? You're here, right? He created you, right? He created you in the you said it this morning. The Image, the image of God. He created us in His image. He created us not to just exist. He created us to enjoy us, to be with us. And sometimes I've got to wonder, is that reciprocated? You know what true desire, you know what true love desires? True desire or true love desires unity. This is something for us hard to understand. It's hard for us to understand as well. True love desires unity. And if this is the case, why is it that there are so many fractures, so many divisions, so many dividing lines in what we call church? Why is it that there are so many denominations? Why is it that there are so many church splits? Why is it that there are so many different methods, forms of worship when we're all called to do the same thing? You ever wonder that? God had a strong desire to be with us. And I often wonder, do we reciprocate that desire to be with Him, much less to be with others? Another part of our testimony is, we say we know and believe in the love of God. That love of God is unconditionable grace. It's not deserved and it's no strings attached. And sometimes I have to sit and wonder when I even look at myself, guys, because I'm using this as a self-examination tool. A self-examination tool about myself. Were my declarations to God of you are Lord, you are master, you are savior. Was it true or was it just lip service? Did I really mean what I said or did I just say it to save face? Well, how do we know? How do we know? Well in verse 7 it says everyone who loves is born and knows. In verse 8 it says he that does not love does not know God. In verse 11 it says we should also love others. In verse 12 it says his love is perfected in us. In verse 16 it says... He who abides in love abides in God. And in verse 20, it says, if a man says I love God and hate my brother, he is a liar. In verse 21, it says, the one that loves God should love his brother. And you know, a lot of people ask me this a lot. Scotty, how do I know that I am truly saved? Any of y'all ever had that question? Any of you ever had that question? How do I truly know that I'm saved? Well, let's do a little test here. Because according to this scripture, those who have truly received the love of God will love God. How well are you loving God? How well are you loving God? How much are you reaching out to him? How much time are you wanting to spend with him? How much devotion are you giving to him? And the other part of that is how well do you love others? How well do you love others? Well, Scotty, where do you get that this says or this is a good determination of whether you know God or not? Let's go back. Verse 17. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence. Confidence in the day of judgment because as he is So, also, are we in this world. One of the key indicators of a person's salvation is simply this how well do they love? How well do they love God? And how well are they willing to extend, or how well do they extend that love to others? What's crazy about this scripture? Y'all know I like to play context into scripture all the time. Well, you've got to. What's crazy about this scripture is the reason John is writing this is because there's division. There's division in the church. There are people who are coming into the church who are trying to start problems. And he even extends to that to be testing the spirits. Ricky, you asked about that this morning. That's where that's at. Test every spirit because not everybody is who they say they are. But at the same time, while you're doing this, extend love. Well, how is it that we can extend love to people who are trying to stir conflict? Do you not realize what you were doing before God extended his love to you? You're starting conflict in your own life, in your families, possibly even in church, at work. He extended his love to you, not because you stopped causing conflict. He extended love to you even while you were. Even while we were enemies with God. At the right time, he sent his son to die for us. How well are we doing extending that love to others? And what's even more amazing, and I want you all to read this. Right after the scripture that I just read, in verse five, or chapter five, it starts talking about how the church will overcome the world. And you know how it is that the church will overcome the world? Is it by judgment? Mm -hmm. Is it by hatred? Mm -hmm. Is it by getting mad and going and starting another church? No. Is it by getting mad at a pastor because he said something that stepped on your toes? Can I just say something? Everything we say steps on our own toes. There's not a sermon that we preach that doesn't convict us as well. So we're just as hurt as you. And I promise you, we're not doing it intentionally. We're just communicating the word of God. And it's a double-edged sword. It cuts us just as bad as it cuts you. So how is it that we will overcome the world? One of my favorite scriptures in John. By this the world will know that you are my disciples. That you have love for one another. And brothers and sisters, I'm gonna tell you. You wanna know why so many people have such a hard time with church today? Because they don't see the love And you know what? Them not seeing the love that we're supposed to have for each other gives them a bad image of God. In other words, they're reflecting, they're taking our reflection and assuming this is how God is. It's time we start taking his image and start reflecting how he is. Well, how is he, Scotty? Scotty. 1 Corinthians, verse th- chapter 13. We heard it at every wedding. Chapter 13, verse 4 starts like this. Love is patient. I got some work to do there. Love is kind. You will have to do some work there as well. It is not jealous. Yeah, I need work there too. Love does not brag, and it is not arrogant. Still cutting. Does not act unbecoming. Guilty. It does not seek its own way. <laughs> Oops. It's not provoked. Wow. It does not take account of wrong suffered. Hmm. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Ouch. But rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And the last part of that love endures all things. Love isn't a feeling, it's an attribute of God. It's a gift of God that has been extended to you by his son. For too many years, the light we've been reflecting has been the light of ourselves. What would happen this week? What would happen this week if we reflect this light? Instead of this, I told you every week we're going to have an application. And this application is going to get hard. This week, your assignment, love somebody that you think doesn't deserve it. That cut. Scotty, they cut me off. I don't care. Scotty, that woman hit me in the back of the hills with the buggy. Love her. (laughs) Scotty, they cussed me out two years ago. Get over it. Scotty, they did this. They did that. Brothers and sisters, Jesus loved us. And you know what? We didn't deserve it. Father, first come to you with a heart of repentance because we do not always shine the love that you've shown us. The love that we shine a lot of times is selfish, self centered. It's looking more at us, which tells me that it's not even love, it tells me that it's lust. And it tells me that it's lust because it changes constantly. Father, this week I pray that you would help us to extend this love to others. I pray that you would help us to love people that we feel like don't even deserve it because honestly, Lord, we didn't deserve it. And this morning, a lot of us really just need to get over ourselves. Father, I want to thank you this morning for reaching out to us, reaching in. And I want to ask for your forgiveness for all those times that we didn't reach out. Help us, Father, to extend this gracious love that you have so richly given us to those who we may feel like don't deserve it. Because honestly, Lord, we didn't deserve it either. This morning, Lord, there's a good chance that there's somebody in earshot of my voice, whether it be here in this sanctuary, online, online, Who's possibly having those feelings that I had one time? How could God ever love me? Father, this morning, I pray that they see that their that your love is offered to them through your Son Jesus Christ. That if they would simply believe that He came to pay the penalty for their sins, that if He came to show that love, that you must love them more than they can ever understand. Father, I pray this morning that they would surrender their hearts to You and that they would believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah the Messiah of the world. Come to save those who are lost. Come to pursue those who are off of heart. And Father, help today be the day of salvation. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand and as they sing, this is your invitation. Some of you may need to spend a little bit of time in this whole thing about praying for somebody who... um, who may not are loving somebody who don't deserve it. This morning, here's your opportunity. Go before God. Ask Him. This morning some of you may be struggling still with the fact of how God could love you. Your invitation is to simply reach out because He's already reaching in. Some of you this morning may for the first time understood how much God loves you. Your invitation is simply this receive that gift that has been offered to you in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. As they sing, as we sing, respond to God as he's calling you.